0: Podcast
1: One. Well, a big happy new year to every single person listening and welcome back to the Listen Able Podcast and a big happy new year to my brother in arms, Dylan you
2: Angus Lachlan. Oh, I've missed you, my brother. It's good to see your face, good to be back doing this podcast because I've actually been really pretty humbled by the amount of people that have messaged us saying, hey, when are you bringing the podcast back? Yeah. It's pretty cool, but I'm not going to lie. It's been nice having a break. I've just been training, getting ready for the Aussie Open in a couple of weeks, and you've been training, I've seen on your social media, about how to push a pram because you are about to become a dad.
1: Yeah, I'm weeks away. I mean, Emily's just sitting there just ready. I mean, she's, she's at that point now that she's like, just take this baby out of me.
2: <laughs> I tell you what is also just must be torture is when you guys are going out for dinner and she's having a mocktail. And you're yeah. having a nice glass of wine and you always send me a photo and you always say, She wants you to know it's a mocktail. I'm like, Yeah, I know. Well, she I'm wants sure everyone to
1: know it's a mocktail <laughs> because people judge you if you're pregnant with any sort of alcoholic looking drink in front of you. So like the oh. lady next to us at dinner a couple of weeks ago was like looking at Emily and she had to go, It's a fake mocktail. Like, please. No way. Oh mate, Did it happens all to the get time. Stuffed? Oh yeah. Oh it's crazy. Loose. And can I actually talk about something a little bit more serious on that topic? Um, Do you know how everybody says there's the word, oh, you know, we just want a healthy baby? And I guess that kind Mm of um, dictates that you don't want a baby with a disability. Correct. My mindset hasn't been that. I mean, all of the tests show um, that she has all her fingers and all her toes, but I haven't been like, fantastic, that's, you know, a necessity. That's because of this podcast. I think I would be so well equipped if our baby girl came out with Whatever Come May. And I feel like that's not a humble brag on this podcast, but I feel probably really grateful for these understandings and truths if that becomes part of my life. And I feel comfortable with that. That's one of my favorite things I've ever heard you say.
2: I love that. And if you think about, you know, when I was born and I wasn't a healthy baby and like the life that I've been lucky enough to live, but my parents, if they weren't my parents, if I had some other kind of parents yeah. who weren't accepting of the situation that we were dealt, well, then I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And that's why we're doing this and able to try and Break down those stigmas for people listening so they can hopefully feel the same way that you and I do, which is awesome. And guess what? We're not just a team of two anymore,
1: are we, mate? No, we've we are. have got a new are. team member we as two. well. His name is Steve. Yes, we got contacted by his support worker and, and she said, we've got uh, one of my clients is Steve. He's a legend. He loves the podcast. Not only does he want to be on it because of his disability and tell his story, but he was wondering if there's anything that he can do around the traps.
2: Love that.
1: And there's a huge part of this podcast which has been lacking and we're very uh, aware of it, and that is captions on YouTube. Um, so obviously this is an inclusive podcast where people who are hard of hearing or deaf uh, want to be included because obviously podcasts are an audio medium uh, and we're about you know including everyone in this uh, journey, in this in this community. And so obviously we're uploading every video as they're filmed onto our YouTube page, and with that we need to caption it. Uh, it's a long process to do and time that Dylan and I don't have, but Steve does. While we're talking about it, I might read out a bit of his story. Love that. Definitely. Uh, his name is Steve Trower. Eight years ago, he was involved in a life-changing accident that now sees him living with a brain injury. On his 26th birthday, he was playing footy, got a knock on the head, went out, drank all night. Uh, that was the last thing that he remembered. Two oh, weeks... man. Yeah, two weeks later, he found himself in hospital away from a coma he learned that he ended up passing out on his birthday, sleeping on his side, being found by his sister, and he suffered a hypoxic brain injury, which is starvation of oxygen to the brain. Steve uh, struggles with speech uh, and also some physical limitations, but upstairs, he's all there. And it's really mm-hmm. difficult for him for the last eight years. He's not had any employment. He works well on computer and he said, I'd love to do anything. And we said, would you like to captions our YouTube? And I've never seen anyone more excited to start a job and be grateful. I love, I love that. Yeah. So, so cool. uh, Steve's part of our team. If you want to head to our Instagram uh, or our Facebook, you can see a photo of Steve and a little bit more about his story. Um, but it's really great to have him on board, and and um, so expect in twenty twenty one the captions and the episodes to be absolutely consistently rolling as as we do with the podcast. Um, so everyone can get involved.
2: And you're very you're very nice in saying that Dylan and I uh, don't have time to do the captions. I didn't caption one video. That was all you. And this will also eliminate the a little bit of abuse that you get, Angus, as well. Uh, which and is people say, and,
1: and you know, which is fair enough, exactly. People do uh, definitely remind me that, um, you know, we are six, seven episodes behind on YouTube. Uh, here's the thing, though. So uh, we record the episode, then I edit the audio of it, then I listen back to that episode again, and I do any more edits. Then I send it off, listen to it back once it's done. So I've listened to this episode about six times, which is about six hours itself just in audio, and yeah. then I have to sit at a computer and... And sit there for about five to six hours and caption it again, and it was just—I can't keep the creative juices going on that one episode, especially when we've got another one in the work. So, I'm um, really and great I, to have think, Steve on the way.
2: I think one of the things that when we set out to do this, able as well, Angus, is that we wanted to employ people with disability yeah. throughout our podcast. So Eliza Hull, who is a musician with a disability, she wrote the music. Uh, we used uh, Blend Creative, which is a a bunch of people with disability uh, who are. Uh, make all kinds of different things, but they help make our logo. Uh, and now we've got Steve on board. So I think in, in 2021, that, that was one of our goals, to, to hire more people with disabilities. And, I, I mean, we're starting off on the right foot, which is a good thing. And I think it'd be cool as well to talk about some of our goals that we want to have for this podcast as yeah, well.
1: Absolutely, and I think There's, you definitely nailed the biggest one. Um, the second one is you might hear that this podcast and previous podcasts have been sponsored, and so obviously we're generating money from that. And a portion of that money is going towards the Dylan Orcott Foundation. And we have now got thousands of dollars in the kitty this year to be putting towards what, Dylan?
2: We have, you know, so many great young Australians with disability across the country who can't become the people that they want to become because of, you know, a lack of opportunities or, or barriers that they face. So what we do with the Dylan Orcott Foundation is eliminate some of those barriers so young people with disabilities can achieve their dreams. So we've got lots of options, mate. We can send young Aussies to, to, to university to become lawyers or doctors, which we've already done, uh, wheelchairs to become Paralympians. So if you know anybody uh, that you think is uh, can apply for a grant, they've got to be 25 years or under, uh, be obviously from Australia, but have a goal that they want to achieve that they, they currently can't do, please hit us up at the Dylan Orcott Foundation website or they can email us uh, on the Listenable email um, as well and we can... Get that through the foundation, go through the right processes, but probably in the next couple of months, mate, we'll be able to do our first grant, which is going to be sick,
1: which is huge. So when you do hear those sponsors, please have a huge smile on your face, knowing that it's going towards a greater good. Um, can I speak personally on some other goals that I'd like to achieve for this podcast? Yeah, and one is from a social aspect, obviously uh, to be inclusive. You know, a lot of people who are hard of hearing and deaf we've spoken about the podcast isn't. But our social media on our Facebook and our Instagram, just search Listenable Podcast. We are push, like pushing our content you don't hear online. We're having some mm-hmm. of our previous guests do live Q and As where you can ask questions that maybe we didn't ask. Um, we're going to be doing polls up there. We're going to be YouTube videos will be uploaded on there. Online Q and As with Dylan and myself. So if we can get those uh, socials up, you know, we're nearly at five thousand Instagram followers. Let's try and get it's to awesome, ten. Yeah. You know, and um. You know, as we approach nearly in March, our year-long anniversary of this podcast, I'm super excited to see where this goes. And and I think one more goal we want to get to as well. Let's get a million downloads. Sure. Let's do it. We're, we I want won't say what our downloads. number is, but we're actually not too far away from it.
2: We're not too far off, which we're surprised. Yeah. And we it's not because of us. It's because of people who are subscribing, sharing it, writing a comment on wherever you get your podcast from. Those kind of things really help us. So please keep doing it. Let's get a million. Let's get it in a million years. Then mm-hmm. let's get two million, Yeah, million. Right? We're big thinkers and we're excited about it. And as you mentioned, uh, it's not because of us. It's because of the people that listen, but also the guests, the amazing guests that share their stories. And this week, is no different. I'm Davina. I'm 40, just
0: turned 40. Happy um, birthday. And I was born and live with osteogenesis imperfecta. Okay. Um, which for those who don't know it is mainly brittle bones, but it is a m- bit more than that. And I have the most beautiful um, daughter who also has an array of disabilities So, um, and she's adopted, which is why I'm so blessed to be her mum, <laughs> <Very laughs> which
1: nice.
0: still gets me a bit <laughs> choked up. <laughs> oh,
2: and uh, look on your face right now. We are recording this for the people who are hard of hearing. Or deaf, so so people can see the captions. But the smile on your face mm. when you talk about yeah. your daughter—that is beautiful.
0: I do, I do tear up. Um, yeah, she she's eight and a half, and it's still a passion and a blessing to be her mum.
1: Yeah, Davina, I have got, and I want to maybe put this down as a record for the longest uh, email sent to us um, <laughs> as a nomination. Now, this comes from, I I presume, a good friend of yours. Is it Eloise?
0: Eloise, L-O, I call her for
1: short. Eloise. Elo. Now she has sent
0: paragraphs
1: on paragraphs <laughs> about you uh, and in particular
0: oh. uh, your
1: entire life has been dedicated to making other people's lives better because not only have you adopted your beautiful daughter, but apparently there's a, a foster program as well that you've been a part of.
0: I was a nurse um, despite um, my health challenges, I was told not to nurse and Unfortunately, the doctors were right. Nursing was probably not the best thing I could do. So to feel that need to give, I found fostering and I somehow loved it more than nursing. (laughs) So for me, it was what it gave me. Um, To look after those little babies was, you know, an amazing thing. Um, I did that for six years before my daughter came along. Then I think the world had it all planned out because, yeah, I've become a mum, which was always a dream. But I think when you've got a disability, you don't know that your dreams are going to come true. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like you don't think about that this will ever happen. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it it happened and living the dream is amazing.
2: Can you just educate people listening, and Angus and I as well, just a bit about your disability, so what it entails and some of the limitations that that it gives on your life?
0: Um, so we are also very different when you've got osteogenesis imperfecta. A lot of people may know of or remember Quentin, who was interviewed on Channel 9 yeah. years ago and recently one did the, pass away. When in the Big Brother house, um, Quentin so, did. So, yeah he, yeah, he was, you know, of shorter stature and growing up, because I'm a bit taller, sometimes the invisible disability can be a lot harder to live with because people will assume you are normal. But I've had, you know, hundreds of fractures and you can also have like dislocations because it affects the collagen. So it affects all your connective tissue. It affects my teeth. I've had like a lot of orthopaedic operations, so rods to my legs. Obviously you miss lots of school. For me also, I did, wasn't supposed to make my 26th birthday because my brain stem was being um, solely compressed by my brain because of the soft bone. So it's very different for all of us, even though we've all got the same um, brittle bones. Yeah, I had 19 hours of brain surgery to take out the top of um, the bone that was in the brain stem that Jeez. was causing a lot of problems that I was bumping into things. Um, oh, I was
1: affecting your balance and your some of your... Balance, it. my oh, heart
0: rate. Wow. It's complicated, I yeah. think.
1: Um, yeah. It certainly sounds complicated, Davina. That's a very nice way of <laughs> yeah. putting it. When, it's complicated.
2: When you break a bone, Davina, you said you have a, like over hundreds of fractures and breaks. Is it like when an able-bodied person breaks a bone or do you just kind of pop it back in and, and keep going?
0: Um, we can have micro fractures, So I think growing up, You know, I would hear or feel a fracture, present to hospital, and, you know, junior doctors would say, no, there's no fracture. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of weeks later when there was new bone forming, then you would see the fracture healing on x-ray. So unless it's a huge break, Mm. um, so our bones are like glass. You don't necessarily see them on x-ray. Um, so yeah, the, the pain is still the same. Um, yes,
1: yeah, I was going to say, what is your pain yeah. threshold? Because it must be through the roof. You must break a bone and be like, "Look, guys, I'll see out the rest of the day, but I will have to go to hospital and get some uh, get right, a cast yeah. a little later on."
0: I think we probably take our pain threshold is probably the same as everyone else, but you get used to taking less painkillers. It depends for yeah, everyone's
2: <laughs> yeah. a little bit different. Yeah. How did you go growing up with a disability? Did you? Had problems with with bullying and things like that, or were you always um, always pretty comfortable well, with the person? be
0: cruel. I was in a wheelchair at times and and kicked under the desk, and you know would tell my mum and please don't say anything. And mm. um, but then there were times where I'd be you know trying to do tricks, hop out of the wheelchair and do the splits because I was hypermobile from the lax collagen. Mm. So I was brought up to this was all I knew. So mm-hmm. I. Th- Dylan, I remember listening to you say, you went up to a kid and say, what's your disability? I think it was a bit different for me because I wanted, or my parents probably wanted me to be normal as well. So I probably identified a lot with that. So it was harder. It's probably only now as an adult, I feel comfortable in my skin. Mm. Um, This is my disability. I'm okay with that. Um, I hated who I was because I didn't feel normal and probably didn't feel disabled enough. So that was an interesting um, listening to you, what you said about that. Yes, so, that's referencing
1: yeah. to the first episode, Dylan's episode, yes, where I exactly. interviewed Dylan and you were saying that, you know, a, a small kid comes up to you and, say, and you say, what's your disability? And his parents go, he doesn't have a disability, he's a normal kid. Yes.
2: Yeah. That's the yes. reference
1: that we're making there.
2: Uh, it's one of my, I, I heard it actually only a couple of weeks ago, this quote, proudness takes practice. So it takes time yep. to become proud, doesn't it? Like you got to yes. keep reiterating yourself that actually it's okay to be different and have difference and have a disability. But I'm the same as you Devanna. there was times when I wasn't proud of my disability too, because it was easier to just try and be normal. Because yes. sometimes when you stick your neck out and- You want to fit in. Yeah, exactly right.
1: For you having your brittle bones, life must be different uh, in the way that you go about it. I can't imagine that you could hop on peak hour public transport.
0: No, you're correct. Okay, absolutely. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Mm. And there's always hypervigilance about: is there water on the floor? You're going to sleep. Oh, yeah. um, like mm. at the moment, um, you know, I'm not very mobile. But I think growing up, you're always in the fruit shop. Is there a lettuce leaf that you can sleep on? So I, I guess that's always a part of you. I think a lot of us get a bit of a post-traumatic stress after a fracture that could be a result of someone who not did something purposely but somehow impacted that resulted in a fracture.
2: It'd be hard because people that you interact with, if they don't know you, they'd have no idea, would they?
0: No. As much as your inner circle knows having a hug, I remember yeah, they gave oh me a hug and he said, oh, I just, you know, cracked your back. And I was like, no, you just broke my arm. So, you know, normal interactions can result in fractures and it's no one's fault. It's just the way things happen. A
2: good, a good mate of mine had brittle bo- has brittle bones. His name is Jeremy Sinnott. Shout out to Jezza. Loves the podcast. And he was like, shake someone's hand and you walk up and you're like, yeah, oh, I just broke my finger. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what? He's like, yeah, that just broke my hand. Wow. And also, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's some bones for some people are stronger in other areas than others in the body. Is that right? It kind of affects different areas? I, I
0: find that it can, for me being female, I don't know if the guys find it, the collagen changes for me throughout yeah. the month. So, oh. the sclera of my eyes changes blue. So, you know, everyone's clear of the eyes is white, so mine will go more blue That's pretty when I'm um, susceptible like to break. So it's weird.
1: Oh, <laughs> assuming the white's not my eye, my iris, but the actual whites of my your eyes change colour.
0: They go more blue, wow. yes. Uh, <laughs> so goes? mum would say, be careful at school today, and then she'd get a phone call, Davina's fallen and broken her
1: leg. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it gets worse, it's degenerative? You
0: know what? Generally, but when you think of a female going through menopause, there's less bone hormones, uh. um, which are great for your bones. Everyone, as they get older, isn't, are not as active. It's it's complex. I mean, I'm in a less better place of health now than when I was younger.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We don't like to think it's, it's degenerative, but, you know, some people, some of my very... Good friends have passed away at a young age um, from complications, you know, yes.
1: So there can be complications, and this is a terrible question to ask, and I don't like asking it, but it's all about education. Is there uh, a life expectancy or some sort of number that doctors hand you? Of course, you'll live to the, not. whatever age you want to.
0: When I was born, the doctors told my parents I wouldn't survive past five. Then when I was 12, 25, they didn't think I'd make my 26th birthday because of the brain surgery. Oh, yeah. So I think you've got to live each day like it's, you my know, life you can't. Ex-
1: What's my life expectancy? I can walk out on the street <laughs> and get a right. bike a car. Exactly. exactly. So, um, yes,
0: yeah, so I think you stay healthy, as active as possible. Yeah, it's, it sort of gives you, it makes you who you are today.
2: When you adopted your daughter, she is OI as well,
0: no, 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 she no. doesn't have lower. Oh. She has her own. Her own complex. disability. Okay, yeah. So what yes. disability does she have? She, so she was born at 28 weeks premature. She's got um, hydrocephalus. She's got mild cerebral palsy. Okay. She had the tethering of the spinal cord, so she goes to the spinal bifida clinic. So yeah.
1: she,
0: she's, um, they didn't think she'd walk, but she walks. and. pretty leg splints, legs things, yeah.
2: So when you adopted also a young child with a disability, how – how was that viewed?
0: For me, I think what I've been through has made it easier to speak with the doctors and fight for her in life. I didn't know if I would be approved because of my disability. Yeah, that's,
2: that's what I was thinking. Like, did you get any pushback yes. from, from, you know, authorities or the people who make those decisions?
0: They wanted to make sure if something happened to me that she had support systems. I think when I'm in hospital, it makes it normal for when she's in hospital. So I think we make a great
1: team. Um, Do you think it would have been discrimination against you had you not been, you know, knowing that your caring nature and knowing your abilities to be a mother, do you think it would have been discrimination against you had you not been approved because of your disability? Or could you understand why, you know, no doubt able-bodied people in those positions of power would not have given you that opportunity?
0: Look, I feel at times bad for not being able-bodied and able to do all the things that perhaps an able-bodied, you know, I wish I could run and do and all the things that, you know, so yeah, it, it's, it's hard. But I also think sometimes what I make up in other areas, so um, I understand why I had to jump through the hoops I had to,
1: but so, I, I guess my point is, I mean, what you've just said there is kind of exactly what we had. Um, the amazing mother that is Ashley Morden, who has two gorgeous mm-hmm. children. She's in a wheelchair from car accident mm-hmm. when she was like two or three years old. Uh, she had a natural birth and has two children. And she says the same thing. She's like, I can't kick a footy with my kid. And does it suck? Yeah, I'd love to. But I'm this much better at this. And so yes. I guess my point would have been... We can tell already, just looking at you can tell that you're a great person Mm -hmm. and a great mum. It doesn't hold you back from being a good mother, so do you think that there would have been discrimination against your disability had you not been approved, knowing and now being a mother what you're capable of doing?
0: I can't imagine not being her mum. To me, we just fit. So I'm very honest with her and she said, what would have happened if you didn't get approved? And I said, I would keep applying. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine not being approved.
1: Are there moments where she asks you challenging questions about your disability and your ability to do stuff as a mum?
0: There was a heartbreaking moment where I was in my wheelchair and she said, mum, what if people think you're old? And I guess coming from a kid, kids are great. I love that kids just, you know, you see kids in a chair and they, they just give you, they're real. And I, that just broke my heart because I thought, is that what she thinks? Um, she's great. She always wants to do stuff for me.
1: You sound like the perfect team. You're right. Yeah, you do.
0: <laughs> we, we are.
1: We are. Do you ever
2: face any prejudice or bias from other mums, other parents when they look
1: at you?
0: Um, adults are funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> adults, are fun. <laughs>
1: podcast, yeah. adults are funny.
0: Quote of the podcast. Adults <laughs> are funny. Able-bodied people. There's been some times when, you know, my mental health has struggled and then people will stare and Mm. as much as I'm in a great place now, they have pushed my buttons previously, So you know. So, look, I'm lucky I am where I am now and I'm really proactive with my mental health Mm. um, and I am with my daughter's mental health um, but, You know, when able-bodied people come out of a disabled toilet, (laughs) it's like, really? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just have to take a deep breath.
1: Your life is um, changing. Uh, You've recently moved to an electric wheelchair.
0: I have. um, But I think that was my fear my whole life, not about being in the chair, but that that signalised for me a deterioration in my health. So, But I found it really quite empowering um, and exciting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Whereabouts do you live, if you don't mind me asking?
0: So we're on the outskirts of the city of Sydney.
1: And I've heard that you've had in your particular area some accessibility problems of late. Is that true?
0: Yes. So you go to a a shopping centre that has a chairlift by the escalators and you ask security to use it. Oh, no, we don't have the key. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like you've paid all this money mm. to put in the chairlift, but no one has the key. You know, I think are they meant to have put in the chairlift for the building? So they've done that to cross it off the list. Tick yeah. the box.
1: My
2: favourite is when they go, "Oh yeah, that. Oh yeah, it doesn't work." And you're like, "Cool, <laughs> sick." And they're like, they walk off, and you're like, "Oh, that that was helpful. That was a good interaction. I Appreciate mm. that." What about when you're uh, when you're these accessibility challenges when you're with your daughter as well like who helps who you know what i
0: mean i know i know it's um look it's come a long way i'm 40 when i was at school and i was in a chair mum would have to come to take me to the toilet and i think now what happens if i need to go to the toilet and it wasn't at the times mum was booked to come to take me to the toilet so we have come a long way my daughter's school is all wheelchair accessible when my school wasn't. So we have come a long way in 40 years, but I think we still have got a long way to come. So I try not to get too upset, but when you, you know, the whole, I'm recently getting a a toilet key from the um, spinal cord injury place because some of them are locked and if you don't have a key, then you don't get to go. Well, when you've got issues with your bowel and bladder... (laughs) you know, that does make it hard. Or mm-hmm. when able-bodied people are taking up the toilet to do all sorts of things in there, yeah. um, you know, it, it makes it interesting.
1: So obviously you've seen a multi-generational change with disability and it's it must be, you know, looking from, like you said, from where you've come from to where we are now, you can see great steps forward. Obviously there are a lot still to go. When you look at your daughter's future, what are you hopeful Oof. for for her?
0: I think it's hard having an invisible disability for her. She looks normal. So if there's a behaviour that's unusual but because of her disability, so it's more of a behavioural thing, I think more acceptance from the general community. I don't think people know how to react. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I don't mind people thinking, "Oh, she's being badly parented," when they don't realize it's a, you know, without going into it's her story to tell. Yeah, we're very well.
1: in my back of my head, I'm listening to two peas in a yeah, pod. no, the two mothers <laughs> who are like, we're not telling our children's stories.
0: Yeah, but- it's 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 hard to to say too much because that is her story to tell when she's old enough. But um. Yeah, a lot of people give some funny looks and walk away and it's just I think she doesn't have autism but you think of an autistic kid and people aren't very accepting when there's a behaviour that isn't the norm and I think people have to realise not everyone is atypical. Mm. Um, It goes along sort of that idea, I think. I can understand
1: that. uh, Does that, that make sense? But your story of that is, is that you're being judged as a bad parent because people don't have an understanding of disability as a whole and what a whole spectrum of disability could be.
0: Because I think on the outside, and I felt this growing up, because on the outside I looked normal, Mm. you know, people think, you know, I say I had fatigue because my bones and my my muscles were um, not normal. So if I needed to park... You know, I wouldn't park in a disabled spot because I had, you know, you could park in the metered parking but not pay. People would point, you've got a disabled parking permit. And it's like, you know what? People just feel the need to get involved. So yeah. I think it's just people are very, um, I think people need to calm down and be accepting and invite kids and, yeah, yeah I think society's very, yeah, it's multifactorial. Yeah. Do Do you
2: worry about the world that your daughter's going to grow up in?
0: I do. I do. I I try to involve her in normal activities. When she was little, she didn't realise people's reactions, and as she's getting older, yeah, you,
2: you realise you're different. Exactly right. That's
0: yeah. And
2: people can say some harsh things. It's hard to overcome.
1: Do you think yeah. that she's in a luckier position than you are because you have a disability? You've gone through the mindset change of. Trying to hide your true self to now, you know, finally being comfortable and loving who you are. Do you think that you a sense of gratitude that you're able to pass on this mindset to your daughter and give her a better start in life than maybe you did?
0: Absolutely. I always say every struggle I've been through is to help her um, navigate the world. Mm. Um, and you know, we try and practice gratitude, and you know, go back to those basics. <laughs> what are we grateful for? I think that's a great skill. Um, but I think when you're a kid, it's hard to see the world through, <laughs> through those eyes. Mm. But she, she does well.
1: One of the things that was noted down from Eloise on your nomination is that um, you're beautiful, that uh, you've got a great sense of fashion. So for you, with your disease being so physical, you know, your smaller stature, um, your limited movements, now an electric chair, from an aesthetic point of view, purely superficial, Does it affect you looking at yourself in the mirror some days to go, come on,
0: teeth, come (laughs) on? Oh, look, it was really hard. I think teenage years are hard for anyone, Mm -hmm. but I think it was hard as a teenage girl growing up with, you know, scoliosis, multiple scars. You know, I actually went to a plastic surgeon and to see if he could fix my deformed hip. And there was women there getting, you know, their hands fixed because they had wrinkles. Mm. And he said, you know what, I can't fix your hip. And there's a girl with low self-esteem because I'd had like 30 operations on one hip so it looked different to the other. And he says, no, can't fix Mm. it. Where is medicine if it can fix people who don't have a problem? And there's a kid who's been through... A lot of medical issues Mm. and they can't help it. So that left me feeling really flat.
2: (laughs) For for any women that are listening that have a disability, what's your advice to them if they're thinking about
0: becoming a mother? Go for it. Like it's the best. For me, it's brought so much joy. I was told I couldn't foster and I couldn't adopt. And then I was approved and it's, it's the best medicine, I tell you what. <laughs> um, that's a great, that's you know. a great line. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've been sick and um, it gets me out of my hospital bed mm. ASAP, you know. It's,
1: yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's no pill that can get you more charged for your day than responsibility for yeah. your child. Yeah. And that's really interesting as well because for a lot of people listening with disability, Um, they're not going to be able to physically have their own children. So they probably thought that adoption and fostering wasn't even a possibility for them. Whereas, Mm -hmm. I mean, you are a beacon of truly what can be possible and happen in lives.
0: Mind you, I will say I've got an amazing support network. Like I do live with my mum, who is my carer Mm -hmm. and does a lot of the caring for my daughter. So I think you know, we're a special unit, so I won't say
1: that I do it all. You know, no, that, that's... Yeah, 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 of course. No, I just had to take the credit. <laughs> I think there's going to be support systems around people who still didn't understand that that's going to be enough. You know, yes. that that's probably not a chance for you. And your whole body and face changes when we talk about your daughter and, uh, you know, hopefully that experience can come for other people. Um, we before we let you go, Davina. Uh, we do a a thing called a bowl of uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable question, mm-hmm. and we sort of touched on a little bit of it. Uh, touched. It'll make sense. Um, on a little bit when we talked about the brittleness of your bones. Um, mm-hmm. how fearful were you to be touched, and how long did it take you to let uh, someone, male or female, come into a more personal, um, aspect of your life because you're so scared about, you know, what the what could happen.
0: I think growing up I was a control freak with the doctors, the nurses. I took out my own stitches. I took out my own staples. So there was that real control, I'll do it. And it gets to the stage now where I have to be awake in a lot of my operations because intubation is more dangerous. Mm. So when I can't see what they're operating on, like they did a pelvis operation and being a nurse, I'm like, I want to see what's going
1: on. (laughs) (laughs) Your morbid curiosity.
0: Um, But um, I think, you know, just to mention when a guy I liked said, I can't be with you because of your bones, Mm. that really hurt. Because I didn't see, I was like 20, I was like, wow, that emotionally cut. So I think I still didn't see myself different. So
1: it's other people who maybe had more fear around your bones yeah. than you yourself. Yeah. This is a, a podcast that we get people through the media. Uh, we get athletes, but we also, I say more importantly, get people nominated because otherwise we wouldn't meet people like you, Davina. And a big thank you to, to your friend, what do you call it, Elo. Hello. Hello. Hello, Hello. <laughs> Eloise. Thank you so much for sending us this long email, but so worth it to read through it and, and hear your story. And um touch on a disability that we haven't spoken about yet. So thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Okay. It thank means the world to us. Good, Good on you, <laughs> Davina, you big legend. A great guest and an amazing nomination. Once again, I keep saying thank you so much for your emails, but that's the power. We learn stories of people like Davina, an incredible mother and an incredible advocate for disability.
2: Yeah, and, and the, the best thing is, you know, we started this podcast, we pretty much went through my Rolodex and found a lot of people with disability that I knew mm-hmm. that I thought had great stories. But now, as you said, some of the best stories we're getting are from people that we've never met. Mm-hmm. They're from nominations from the community. of And, and on, you know, people that have done amazing things like like Davina but, but but also people that you might not think have ever had the, the light shot on them that they deserve to have you know what mm. I mean to be able to tell their stories so please keep sending them in because we're going to get as many many Australians and many people from around the world you know, on this podcast and and into the ears of, of the people
1: that need to hear it A Listenable Podcast at Outlook.com that is our email hopefully we can talk there I'll be replying to all the emails we got over the break see you in the next episode Dylan and thanks to everybody for listening and subscribing to Listenable and very excited for next episode my name is Sam Willoughby. I am, or well, I was a professional BMX racer. I had an accident in 2016. Um, I broke my neck at C567. And yeah, I'm now considered a C6 quadriplegic. Ooh, it's going to be a rip snorter. Uh, we Woo-hoo! hope you can join us then. Like we said, follow us on all the socials. It's at Listenable Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Love you, brother. Listenable was presented by Dylan Alcott and Angus O'Loughlin and produced in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Audio production by Darcy Thompson and the music was written and performed by Eliza Hull.